Everyone, welcome to the Uxla channel and welcome to this podcast with Mike McQueen. Mike McQueen is the owner operator of the Uke Republic. I'm going to bring it up here right now and uh, we'll have a chance to talk to Mike. So Mike, what do you want to say about the Uke Republic? And I'll bring up the, uh, the URL here for people watching the video. Oh, thanks so much. Well, the Uke Republic, we've, uh, we've been around since, uh, well, it's, it's our 16th year in business and, uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a great journey. We're still doing what we intended to do, which is provide the best variety of quality instruments. So we're still here. Yeah. So what is your background with music before the store? So oh, yeah. we'll get to the store, but what preceded that in your own life with music? Okay. Well, um, you know, blame it on my mom. Uh, <laughs> she tried to <laughs> she tried to give me culture and. You know the difference between uh, me and yogurt? Yogurt has culture. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> so, no, my mom uh, got me uh, lessons. We, we used to go to uh, see classical guitar performers like uh, Pepe Romero's dad, Romero Brothers, and uh, she uh, got me lessons in classical guitar and uh, percussion. So I started out with classical guitar. Uh, as a kid, you're probably, you know, more interested in rock and things like that. So I, uh, that was when I was like six. And then when I became a teenager, I became more interested in uh, punk rock and new wave. So, you know, I got me a, a, a Strat copy and uh, I just, you know, banged around on that. And then finally, I came back around my, uh, one of my uncles, he plays lute, he plays classical guitar. So I became interested in that again. And then ultimately, when I was in Ireland, <laughs> I got into ukulele, so it was an island, but it was just on the wrong ocean. But that's how I actually got into ukulele. It was in Ireland in the mid '90s. Was it was it like a jam going on or something, or what? <laughs> oh no, not exactly. I was. Uh, oh man, you know, Ireland's a beautiful place, and my wife and I we're cruising, you know, through the countryside. It's this lush green fields and little rock walls and rolling hills, and somewhere over the rainbow came on with uh, Brother Is, and I'm like shedding a tear because it was just such a beautiful moment and uh the internet was wasn't what it was uh so when i got back home uh got on board and you know went on my quest for ukuleles and that's kind of where it started <laughs> so did you start right away playing by yourself is that kind of where that started when you came back yeah yeah um it was i just i finally found uh one at a, a music store like a small music store and it was a horrible thing. I couldn't even tell you what it was. It was something horrible. <laughs> but I, I figured it out and it was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So, um, you know, I kind of became addicted. And like most people, you know, you go on the quest for the different ukuleles. So I jokingly say I, um, I'm an addict. So that's why I became a dealer. And here I am. <laughs> uh, and just so everybody knows, there's something that Mike does, and we'll talk about it later on Fridays called Fridays, and um, it's it's legitimate. The jokes are nonstop. I mean, it's just part of who you are. Um, so, okay, so what were you doing at the time professionally when you suddenly decide to open up a nuclear store? What were you doing right before that? Well, I used to be an exotic dance. No I'm kidding. I was. <laughs> I've been in. <laughs> I've been in sales my whole life uh, and music and stuff. My my family were, you know, we all were singing different stuff growing up and my dad playing guitar and uh, 
family and band. So I always had that background, but I always had sales and different jobs. So uh, yeah, it was, it was that. So it, it just sort of fit my, I want to do something that was fun and something I was passionate about. And uh, ukulele was it. So that's, that's how I sort of slid into, uh, into that. And man, it's, it's been an awesome, awesome ride. I've met I don't know. I could go. I've met so many nice people, so many cool friends. So yeah, I lo love this job. Did you have any music sales experience before you opened up the store? No, I didn't. I wasn't in music. No. Um, it's funny when I worked for. So the, <laughs> actually, I started out in the automobile industry. My father uh, had a, a car uh, lot, so I worked for my dad in sales, doing that, and then later on, I, I worked for. Uh, the Atlanta Committee for the Olympic Games in logistics. So that's kind of like shipping. So I kind of combined sales and shipping and then my natural love of music. And uh, uh, I went to a performing arts school. So that all kind of worked together. Was the performing arts school for music too? Or yeah, music, okay. and, uh, yeah, acting, dancing. I danced it. <laughs> I actually believe that, although you have to show that off on some Friday. Right? Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> so you you get this idea of starting an ukulele store at a time where there really aren't that many around. In fact, there still aren't really. Yeah. I mean, I can count probably on one hand the ones we consider ukulele stores. How do you go about that? How do you tell your wife that you want to do it? You know, things like that. How does that happen? Well, yeah, that was... Uh, uh, it, it was truly a, a pioneering moment, I guess you could say, because when we when we first started out, it was like, oh my goodness, it was very um, primitive. <laughs> our web, our first website, it was uh, when we started out, it was sort of like, you know, if you want to get one of these, uh, give me a call or an email, and I'll send you a uh, PayPal request for money, and then you can see me. And then my store was basically Starbucks. I'd meet people at. Starbucks <laughs> or other places. I mean, I had customers that would be traveling from out of state, but they'd pass through Atlanta. And so, hey, there's a Starbucks off of the interstate. Meet me there and I'll deliver your instrument to you. So that's kind of how it started. And then uh, one day, uh, a lot of us in the local Atlanta area, we I can't remember the um, the blog we were all on. It wasn't Ukulele Underground, something else. But then it became Ukulele Underground. But we just all knew that Jake Shimabukuro was coming in concert. So uh, we went to his first performance here in Atlanta and I, and I met all these great people and I was hawking ukuleles out of the back of my car after his concert. <laughs> so um, it was pretty cool because uh, Jake was, it was sort of like a two story sort of situation. So I was down at the bottom selling these, these ukes and Jake is doing what he always does, which is be such a gracious person and shake everybody's hands. And, Occasionally, I'd see him kind of look over the shoulder and I'm like, oh, man, this probably isn't cool. You know, this is his thing. And so I went up and apologized to him, but he was cool about it. So I, I was great for that. But my wife, my wife was on board. I just do all kind of crazy things. It was like, oh, yeah, OK, whatever. You'll make it work. So um, she she was she's the technical wizard. And so she made the website work. It was more um, some of my friends and family uh, that were in shock about it, like. You know, again, this is when ukuleles have not really started the incline of the wave. And so people are like, really? And of course you get the usual comments. Oh, Tiny Tim, oh, Tiny Guitar. How are you gonna do that? And then 
it just it just worked because uh, you know I also have a, a customer service background. So again, it's just like what would I want done, and you know what do I want to present to uh, um, our, our customers and friends, and it's it's, it's been working. What what kind of ukuleles were you selling at the time when you were selling them out of your car? That's <laughs> well, you know, our let's see, we we started with three brands. Uh, it was um, Kala, Mainland Ukes, and uh, Big Island Ukulele, which sadly is not the same company that once was. But yeah, that's that's where we started, and uh, we did that. And uh, a friend of mine, what became a friend of mine, local school teacher. Um, he wanted to start teaching in the class. He was like, oh my gosh, you've, you've got these. He was, he was from Georgia, but he lived in Hawaii and he was back here and he wanted to kind of share that with his students. And so it just started snowballing one after another. So many people had been wanting ukuleles and I had them. <laughs> I, I can't believe you're on the early edge too of that whole re-emergence of ukulele in the, the classroom too. And yeah. you know, my other big passion is ukulele in the classroom. So that's... That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and that also was very early in Kala's days, too. It was. I think Kala was, um, their warehouse was sort of in a, it was like a chicken um, barn, I guess, kind of thing that had been converted to warehouses. But I think when I started talking to them, um, uh, they may have actually been working uh, out of a garage. I mean, it was just, everybody was really, really the early, early days of um, the ukulele renaissance. Now, did your wife think that she was going to get sucked into the company as well? Oh yeah, but my wife's got an artistic background, so she was, she was thinking it was pretty cool and like, yeah, you know. And when we started out, there weren't uh, many people online selling them, so it, it was basically a lot of people might remember Music Guy Mike. He was on, he was out there, and there was another guy I think in Texas. It, it was just a handful of people that were. Uh, doing this so but she was yeah she was on board um, uh, the whole time so I appreciate her support and sort of that that if people don't know historically that time period previously the only choice would have probably been Lanakai models you know really early Lanakais which have changed a lot in the years so it's not the same yeah. quality and then maybe Mahalos were out there yeah but it was it was slim pickings for good ukulele so that's you know early days of internet not too later after the famous viral jake shimabukuro video in yeah. the park you know those things that's pretty cool oh really yeah, I, I agree i think it was <laughs> so what so you you this was all in the atlanta area which by the way austell georgia is a suburb of atlanta so if you go there what, what do you say it's a little bit to the northwest uh yeah yeah exactly yeah northwest because yeah, we've we've been there and we'll be there again uh brought my whole family and my wife tolerated it you know yeah um yeah it was nice yeah yeah and my my son bought one i bought one in fact i have my uh my kawaii here um oh. that's the student one um and i i'm glad i bought it i've almost sold it a couple times but these kawaias again i like a lot of companies but yeah. there's something special. I don't even how how hard is it to even get the kawaias? It seems like they don't come frequently. They don't. Um, there's, um, of course, in Japan, it's it's sold under the the famous brand name, and uh, Hitomi 
um, here in the United States started the whole Kawaya name. And um, she is the sole importer of Kawaya. And uh, yeah, so they are, they are not as easy to come by and they're, I wouldn't call them a really large production uh, company either. Yeah, real high quality, real high yeah. standard, great playing, great playing, but just they're not as common, but they're, I mean, even the laminates are amazing. It just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, so when, when did you actually find yourself in a building and has this current location of Uruk Republic always been its home or has it had other homes too? Uh, this is the only place Uruk Republic has been. So yes, we started out, I mean, uh, working like a lot of people do out of your garage. We, we just didn't become as successful as Apple. But uh, yeah, we, start, we started out as working out of our garage and uh, converted my <laughs> converted my dining room into sort of a showroom. So it was really bizarre. My, we had just had our youngest son. He was uh, like a, gosh, a two-year-old. And so um, what would happen sometimes, people want to come and look at ukuleles, they'd call me up, I'd direct them to my house, which was probably crazy, but ukulele players are really nice and, you know. <laughs> No axe murderers in the bunch, uh, but uh, uh, the people would call, they'd, they'd come out. So my wife and kids would be going out the back door as I had people coming in the front. And so that was that was the only <laughs> phys physical interaction with people other than the meeting somebody on the road or Starbucks or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, we, we've been in this building, uh, I guess it's been about 14 years. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's the only location we... We've been looking at um, for a while of opening up a second location because we've got a lot of customers all over the place, but uh, we've, we've got some markets we're thinking about opening up a second store. Just well, have to person. Yeah. Think all if, if I'm done teaching. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, with, with all sincerity, um, if you haven't had a chance to visit Euchre Public, there's a couple things I'll just observe. One is it's smaller than you would think because mainly you have a storeroom and you have a workroom and a small showroom area. Um, it's not a giant space. It's inside of a really cool building in Austell that was sort of like made into a business center out of an older, what was the building originally? It was originally a Coates and Clark uh, thread mill. Okay. It's yeah. a beautiful building, but it's, it's kind of funny because there's not a whole lot of like retail in it. It's mostly like medical services and things like that, it seems. There, there's a police academy. And when we first moved in this, <laughs> when we first were in this building, um, it was kind of a late, quiet afternoon on a Saturday. And our bagpipes going, what in the world? You know, this is weird. And then I walked out and down the hall, there, there was a police tattoo practicing their bagpipes. Like, this is so cool, ukuleles and bagpipes. But I, I didn't I didn't blend those two together. <laughs> well, I, I have not noticed the bagpipe republic yet. I have not. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> gotta gotta go run the trademark on that. But yeah. one of the other cool things about that building is there's that beautiful outdoor area right outside of your window from where actually right over your shoulder. Um, yeah. Right now where you hold different events and things. Do they give you sort of free reign to do that or do you have to work with them ahead of time a little bit? Well, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of changed. Um, there's a new mayor. This the building that we're in is actually a city-owned building, and there's a new uh, mayor, and they've just got a, a different way of doing things. So now we have a room dedicated for us downstairs. Uh, it's across from a library, which our 
local group will be, that's another story, but they'll be working with the library. Um, and then where we hold concerts now is on our third floor. We've got a really beautiful room um, that you see like the Atlanta skyline and trees. So we'll be doing, uh, hopefully our next concert will be Little Rev, but uh, but we, yeah, we hold events at other places too. There's a new brewery that opened up that we're trying to work with. So that's always fun, breweries and ukuleles. You still have the, was the West Georgia Ukulele Ensemble meeting? Yeah, yeah, okay. that's our, uh, we've got quite a few clubs around the Atlanta area, but that's the one that meets here. And uh, the one we sponsor, it's the West Georgia Ukulele Ensemble, yeah. Does anybody do a ukulele festival in the Atlanta area? I know there's a Georgia ukulele festival somewhere, but. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there, a guy started a festival last year, but it's a couple of hours um, far east, almost into South Carolina. And then um, we've done sort of mini festivals ourselves, like at state parks or here. Uh, and we're looking, hopefully, it's a lot of work, those festivals. So they are. <laughs> but, we're, but we're looking at hopefully doing something soon, which we'll announce it if it's going to happen. It's again the logistics and trying to time everything right. Well, I hope I, if you do, I hope I can make it because it's, it'd be fun. It, oh, we'd love it. There's a ton of stuff to do in that whole area too. But I think I texted you on, um, or messaged you on Facebook when you said about the new brewery. It's like, that, that is a home run waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Because one of the things that we're missing, like out in the UK, like I hear from my friends in the UK where they have the pubs where they do ukulele play-alongs and singing and the alcohol isn't necessarily important, but it's part of the whole culture, you yeah. know? And they're they're in a pub and they're singing, and we don't have a whole lot of that in the United States here. You know, we're meeting in like um, community centers and things like that. That yeah. kind of public singing thing. It'd be so cool to have something like that. I agree. I That's think great. so. Yeah, it, it's it's not far from our shop either. That we've actually kind of, I guess, microbreweries are opening everywhere. But yeah, we've got a couple around us. But this one that just opened, I think, would be great. They've got a big outdoor stage, and anyway. More to come, more news to come. <laughs> well, I'll be watching that. I'll be okay. Watching. And I always like, I was like, and again, like watching the Friday stuff. Now, um, I did want to ask, I want to talk about one thing while I've got you, which is one of the things I always want to reiterate to people is the size of companies in the ukulele world, because we get, we sort of think like there are hundreds of people working in these stores, hundreds of people working in these ukulele companies. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, sure. Just folks, they're small instruments and they're mostly small companies. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like our, our shop is um, uh, not a huge shop. We're in a big building, but um, we've got uh, three core people here. It's a family owned business. Uh, uh, when it gets busier in the season, we usually hire on a couple more people to work with us. But uh, yeah, we, we do all the work. So, um, and I think that's the way it is for most ukulele shops. Some people are one person shops, some are two, um, you know, like mainland ukes is two people. A lot of the, uh, manufacturers, like, uh, as far as builders go, you know, aren't as huge as you would might think too. A lot are smaller. And, uh, uh, the exception I would probably say is Kala is pretty big. They've got about three warehouses, uh, in the United States from Hawaii all the way to Virginia. And uh, they've got a, a sizable uh, staff, but uh, a lot of the companies are, are small that specialize solely in ukuleles. You know, there's guitar companies that make ukuleles. That's another story. 
How much do you get heads up when new products are coming out before like a NAM show? Or are you always surprised at a NAM show of like, oh, that's what they're doing? Yeah, well, a little bit of both. Um, since we give a lot of feedback to the manufacturers about uh, what we're hearing customers ask for, what we're um, seeing in demand and things like that. So sometimes they'll clue us in like, hey, or, or they might even uh, send us some um, models that uh, haven't come out yet just to kind of review and hey, they might want to do this or that. So it's kind of a 50-50. Sometimes I'm, I'm super shocked and sometimes I'm like, hey, they did that right. You know, we, we knew that was coming. <laughs> Here's another great question, which is if you have a customer calling and they're like, hey, I want to buy an ukulele. What's your process? Because I think a lot of people think that you're going to try to steer them towards the instrument you want to sell. Yeah. Which for the good ukulele dealers isn't the way that it happens. I, I know that because I've been there. But how how do you steer that person? Well, actually, I give them a warning. <laughs> <laughs> Two things I say is... Uh, one, whatever ukulele you choose is probably not going to be your last. And the second thing is it's a, it's a slippery slope. Once you start with one ukulele, you end up with several. So, I, I, you know, when we talk to someone that walks in the store or someone we talk to on the phone or even someone we see at a festival, uh, we, we try to be like a concierge, like try to identify what the customer is looking for. Is this their first instrument? Do they have a musical background? Um, and you know, what's their budget? What do they want to spend on one of these instruments? They, so we have some customers that are like, nope, I'm getting one instrument. I just want it to be a good one. That's all. And I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, most people they're like, yeah, I mean, there's so much variety, uh, but yeah, just try to help people get what it is, um, they need and what they want and definitely don't say, well, gosh, if I sell you this one, it'll be great. But it's just really what's the best for the customer. And that's just something I was taught as a kid is, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. So I, I try to apply that to our business too. Yeah. And you're, you're, there's no doubt you're a salesman. That's, that's part of who you are. So if somebody runs into you, they're gonna be like, wow, he's just a salesman. No, but you're actually, you actually have that joy of life in you too. Um, I think the humor is legitimate. I think uh, the customer service and the care about people is legitimate. I, having met you and worked with you a little bit, um, I, I and I, there, you know, there are fake salespeople. Yeah, and, and that's not you. You know, I mean, and I, I say that with all honesty because I've I've met those people that are. So that's one of the things I enjoy about working with with you, um, and also with a number of the other dealers that I know with that same kind of spirit. And that's that's why it's easy to recommend you too, which is a lot of fun. Oh. Um, Thank you. Well, it's, it's true. And there's, you know, now they're going to be unhappy customers. And I guess the one question I would ask is for somebody that isn't brand new to ukulele, what's the one question you wish that somebody would ask when they're ordering a uke that they don't, that has caused the most issues? Hmm. Will this ukulele make me play like Jake Shimabukuri? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh <laughs> You know, I don't know. We don't, um, you know, it's it's funny because you get some people that will talk on the phone and, and maybe they'll tell me, okay, here's the tone what I want. I want something that uh, has a lot of sustain or it's got a lot of projection or whatever else. Okay, maybe I direct them to something that's like a spruce top or a cedar top. No, I hate spruce. I hate cedar. 
but everything you've described is that. So sometimes I think people may, you know, when you're looking for anything, you read reviews and get people's experience and they may think, well, this is the X, Y, Z kind of what I want, but it may not really be what their ears want. It's just what everybody else said was the best thing. So that, that would probably be the question is uh, if customers are uh, definitely honest with the sound they're looking for, that would probably help a lot. Now let's before, I mean, another thing I need to ask about is setup. Yeah. I, you know, you pride in doing a setup with every ukulele. There was a little flare on the internet not too long ago about a dealer saying, I need to charge for setups and this is how much it costs. And then a bunch of people jumped on that person. You stayed out of that fray, which um, I very much appreciated. I'm not asking you to enter that fray, Um, but talk about the setup that you include. Have you been doing that since the start? And is there anything you've learned in that process? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. So of course we, we don't charge for our setup. It's always been that way. Um, and it's a full setup. So if we get something in that needs an entire fret job, we do the entire fret job. If it needs the action, we, we do whatever it needs. And then we call instruments too, because sometimes, um, some manufacturers will send us, you know, uh, a dozen instruments and out of the dozen, maybe there's one or two that have a twisted neck or something. So we, we can't do that. So we send it back. But I think, um, when it comes to setup, you know, a lot of times it's the action is what people are looking for, the string height. So we have our parameters we try to meet, but we get special requests. Some people, people usually want the lower uh, action. Um, sometimes they want the higher, but it's, it's mostly the lower. So yeah, over the years I've, I've learned to definitely ask uh, their playing style. Do you play hard or are you doing finger style? Or are you a soft player? And that kind of helps me, uh, to help them to figure out what's going to be the the best action for them. You know, it, maybe you play really hard. Well, you probably don't want a really low action because everything's going to buzz. Yep. And um, so we do that. And of, of course, over the years, we've along, you know, we, we've gotten uh, more perceptive to that and uh, really been able to dial it in. But we're working with wood instruments. So, you know, it's not always the same thing, and there's different um, different things that we're we're feeling and hearing and finding out sometimes about different instruments. Now, are you still doing setups, or I mean, obviously you still do, but does your yeah. son do most of them now, or or how yeah? Do so, Ian, uh, he's my he's my son. He has been working <laughs> with me since he was probably, gosh, about eight years old. You know, like again when I was working out of the house. We get a shipment in and it's like, all right, kids, we got these Macala dolphins. We got to take these terrible strings off. So they'd all take them off. So he's, he's been doing that since he was a kid. Now he's 20, going to be 25 soon. So, um, so yeah, he does, uh, he's our primary setup guy. He installs uh, pickups and does all sorts of uh, things like that. But again, being a small shop, Donna is awesome. She uh, does all our website work, but she is also a great, she does our photography and, uh, but she's a great luthier. She, she does some, when me and Ian can't figure something out, she's the one, but again, she's got, uh, an artist background. So she's, she's got a critical eye and she even married me with a critical eye. So that might not be 
saying a lot, but she, no, <laughs> no, but she, she really is. And then, yeah, I still do setups too. And whatever needs to be done. If you're going to have somebody call and they say they want to pick up, what's your general recommendation for somebody? Well, it, you know, again, it depends on the sound they're looking for, what their budget is. Uh, if they want to pick up installed, um, you know, we, we like the, uh, my side trio. It's, it's been around for, uh, several years and it's the one we, we mostly use. Um, so that's one, it's an active pickup. It's rechargeable. You don't have to use batteries. And I think that appeals to a lot of people. Um, and then we've got another option. Um, it's by Cremona. Uh, and these are the K and I believe is what it's called uh, pickup. And that's just going to be a passive pickup that slides underneath a, a stringed bridge. And, and that's an option too. So those are our two primary options. Now in your, obviously we can see over your shoulder, uh, looks like, I'm not sure if, is that the new comet behind you, right behind you? The yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I do some work with flights. So that's a brand new model. It just came out. Yeah. Uh, what, what other big name companies do you have? I mean, I can name a few of them. I know you've got Kala. I know you've got flight Ohana from Air mm -hmm. Creations. Um, you've got some Laprinzies. Yeah. Koloha, Kamaka, Kanalea. Um, do you still carry some mainlands? Oh yeah, we carry mainland ukuleles. We carry uh, some of the Ortega models. We carry, um, uh, gosh, Bruco from Germany. Uh, that's one you don't find too often here. I'm looking around, what else do we carry? <laughs> yep, we talked about Kawai earlier. Oh yeah, Kawai. Yeah, we carry Kawai. We carry their their artist series and their um, um, uh, what do you call it? student models. We carry yeah. all those. Gosh, we carry a bunch. We carry. Um, Gosh, I can't think of the guy's name, but we carry the Tahitian ukuleles out of uh, Chile. Uh, yeah, th those yeah. are cool. Yeah, you don't get many Reese's though, right? Those are pretty oh, rare. Reese's. Yeah, we used to carry Reese's more, but during COVID, it seems like their production kind of slowed down. So we haven't been carrying them as often. But you'll know, carry Gold Tone, Ponos, uh, Koala. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you see a lot of Koalas. Um, yeah. A lot of those models. I, I don't know if they're just building mainly guitars, but I don't see a lot of Kolau ukuleles. Yeah. So the from what I understand, the the production again also has gotten smaller. Uh, but uh, John Katakis, who owns Kolau and Pono, his son Noah is uh, the main luthier, and he's also taken over uh, the distributorship of Pono. So, uh, but yeah, he he and I think one other guy are building all the Ponos right now. By the way, I had uh, Daniel Ho on the podcast uh, actually last two months as we're recording this. Um, this one should be coming out in October, so happy Halloween, everyone! <laughs> oh, it's getting chilly. <laughs> Although, admit, yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's it's still 87 degrees here in Wisconsin slash Minnesota, so it's uh it's not quite Halloween. I have to record these ahead of time. Um, but he mentioned that there's a bunch of surprises coming from Romero Creation, and yeah. he's. He wasn't giving details, but he said they'll be coming by the end of the year. So I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to come out with. Yeah, you know, um, he had a a couple of really good student models Romero did, and I hope they bring those back. I, um, I think they're looking into it, so that'll be great because it was very um, affordable and it was a great instrument. But um, and, and I know I've been we've gotten their rosewood uh, and cedar models, which are fantastic but again another 
small production company, of course, um, but they're, they're awesome. They're awesome. And this leads to the discussion of Sailor Ukulele. Hey! Which is great. Um, and one of the things, one of the current trends, it seems, is that every ukulele store is coming up with its own brand. The exception, I think, is a southern ukulele store in England, which is basically commissioning, seems to be commissioning models for yeah. their store only, from like Flight. They'll have the Carabao that I think only they are being made. Although the current Fireballs have a lot of that Carabao, um, you know, the DNA in it. Yeah. So, um, but otherwise, stores are seem to be commissioning. Yet, you at Uke Republic have had the Sailor brand for uh, how many years? Gosh, I guess it's been about maybe uh, I don't know for sure, but maybe thirteen, fourteen years. We started it. Yeah. So, and what do you want to say about the Sailor brand? If anybody's not heard of them, sure. So, uh, the Sailor brand it kind of came about. Um, I was doing some research on previous brands of instruments that you don't see anymore like regal and companies like that and uh i just wanted to leave my mark on the ukulele world so i worked with a luthier to produce these wonderful instruments and uh the idea was to make something that was made in usa but was still i think accessible uh and affordable to uh, customers so we came out with two models one um, is a solid wood top, it might be cedar, spruce, um, mahogany, and then the back would be a solid body of poplar. But if you've ever seen poplar instruments, they're generally not very interesting looking. So we would put on a uh, veneer of a different wood, like it might be a quilted eucalyptus or something like that, or maybe a wood, like a spalted wood, you couldn't normally make a solid wood out of. So it'd have, you know, a sandwich on the inside, outside, and then solid poplar in the middle for the back and sides. And that was our, um, basically our, our, or is our, our tan label. And those, you know, are going to be a, a pretty approachable. A soprano is going to be in probably around 500 something dollars. And then our next level up is the blue label. And that's going to be all solid tone wood. So it might be, um, well, I've got one that it has a solid spruce top and it has solid, um, spalted tamarind wood back and side, something you don't see very often. And that's gonna be more like in line with um, most other higher end boutique instruments. So we've got something for everybody. Most of uh, the time we've just been making them to order, although we, we hope to have a decent uh, quantity that people can just order if they want. Um, hopefully towards the end of this year or maybe into next year, but it's very small production and it's not an import, it's just really, just something we wanted to do from uh, just our heart and, and love of the whole ukulele world. So that's that's what it's about. I just thought you do have magic fluke too, right? From time to time. Yeah, yeah, we we uh, we've carried those before. Yeah, and then but not Martin, right? Because Martin generally requires a whole different thing, right? Yeah, that's they they do. Um, I believe Martin uh, wants you to hold quite a bit of their stock. Is what I understand. Now with that moving to accessories makes me think of strings. Are you able to carry Martin's strings? We could carry Martin's strings, yeah. We don't currently, though. Okay, so, I mean, I know you've got, like, you you are the probably the only, well, maybe one of the few dealers, if not the only, that carries the Living Water strings from Ken Middleton. Yeah, we're the only official reseller. <laughs> so, and yeah. Then, and then you've also, do you carry Ukelogic as well from 
Joel or not? Don't carry those, but those, yeah, those are definitely nice strings. Okay, and then you carry probably the Daddario. Yep, Daddario. What other main string companies are, am I missing? Fremont, maybe? Uh, yeah, we carry Fremont. We carry Romero Creations. We carry Kanilea strings. We now carry the new Koaloha strings. Uh, we carry um, Labella's uh, string lines. They've got a, a uh, you know, Labella's a cool company, but I don't think they're as popular in the ukulele world, which I wish they were. Uh, Labella's DNA goes back to Stradivarius, the area they came from in uh, Italy actually made strings for Stradivarius and they make this huge catalog of ukulele strings and they're they're really nice. Their um, nylon strings are very similar to the Akula um, strings as far as the way they kind of feel and the tension, but uh, just their own thing. They're different, they're different, but they've got their own thing. But yeah, we carry those, we carry, um, goodness, Worth. <laughs> oh yeah, Worth, yeah, that's sweet. Worth strings. Uh, we carry the, the Koalau strings. They've got the Mahanas and the uh, Alohis. Um, and then what else? Oh, gosh, we got a lot. Um, and the Aquilas, of course. Or, how yeah. do you, by the way, how do you say Aquila? Do you say Aquila? Uh, I was told by Mimo it was Aquila, and it means eagle in Italian, right? <laughs> Which is why that eagle's on the package. That's right. It, 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 it took me a second. <laughs> I think most of us say it kind of like you would think it would be Spanish. It's like, oh, Aquila, no, Aquila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got a whole selection of of other accessories too. I yeah. Mean, pretty much anything from straps to love. My Euchre Public mug is my morning mug every day. Oh, love that mug, love it. Um, yeah, it just it's it's fantastic. But then, do you still have the knives that you had made or whatever it was? I'm out of them. Yeah, we <laughs> those were pretty cool. So yeah, we we did sell some uh, some pocket knives and the connection with that. <laughs> it's actually so my, public. No, just kidding. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. My, my well, it's it's kind of two things. My first foray into selling things online, I I sold knives. <laughs> that was you a Cutco salesman. I well, no, no, no. It was it was uh, I resold. Uh, it's a Scandinavian company. Uh, Frost uh, knives, Mora, Mora. So I sold okay. those and some other things. I just started, I don't know, I just get into something and it's like, whoa, hey, maybe this could become a business. But yeah, we started, um, we sold those. So I, I just always love knives. I think a lot of people find them handy. It's a nice tool to have. And so um, I came across this Portuguese maker and they started out about the time that the uh, Ravenscrog ship was in uh portugal headed to hawaii with the first uh predecessors of the ukulele and i thought well it was a small area and they make tools and there might be a chance you know i started thinking romantically perhaps there's a a chance that people on board had you know knives made by this <laughs> this company yeah. and uh and i was like whoa it'd be cool if we had euchre public knives so we did we made uh, one that was a sailor's knife and we made one that was just like your your drop point knife, and we'll have those again. Uh, some made out of olive wood, beech wood, uh, oak, and um, Australian blackwood, I believe. So yeah, they're they're really cool. We'll have those again, and we of course have the mugs. They're they're all made in USA mugs, uh, maybe from your part of the world. I think one of the companies really? is out of, uh, yeah Wisconsin, and the other one is out of Utah that makes them for us. So we we love that. There's actually a a Facebook fan page for the, it's called the uh, 
Orange Uke Republic mug fan page. So oh. people have actually got a fan page for it. It's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> what's, what's the story with the Swamp Monster thing, too? What's oh. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's just, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just sort of inspiration. Out of all the, I, I, I like science fiction and cryptozoology and stuff. And um, I thought of, out of all the creatures that would be a ukulele player, probably something like, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon or something aquatic. So we sort of, uh, we've got our local artist who does all of our uh, logo work. You may see him, Captain Love Handles, Jazz Ingram, who is a ukulele player. And I'll plug his band too. It's called the Possum Kingdom Ramblers. Oh, and, love it. Yeah, they're awesome. Check them out, Possum Kingdom Ramblers. But uh, but yeah, he came up with this great idea. So the, the creature's got kind of like Elvis shorts from blue Hawaii on it, playing a ukulele. So we've made straps, again, made in USA. And um, um, we've got him swimming. And then we've also come out with um, Bigfoot with ukuleles. So yeah, we don't have straps yet for him, but we've got um, stickers and decals. And again, Jazz did all that. And uh, they're awesome. So if anybody's looking out there, check out uh, the ukulele public page for that. Also, uh, if any of you people are old enough to remember Rat Fink, um, <laughs> the artist that originally did Art Fink, Rat Fink, he passed away. But Jazz is a, um, I guess you'd call it a certified or approved artist to reproduce his stuff. So he came up with Rat Fink in a hula skirt playing an ukulele. So we sell that too. And that's like official Rat Fink merchandise. And that's, that's all these things are online right now. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've cool. got, yeah. The, 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 business question I would ask you is, do you want to talk about shipping at all and what your shipping charges are in the reality so people understand what's happening with shipping charges too for even companies? Yeah, so we do offer um, free shipping um, regularly. It's it just sometimes the amount may differ. I think right now if you spend uh, $279, you get free shipping. But shipping costs have gone really high. And also the boxes that we ship the instruments in um, you know, well, everything else has gone up. So it's, it's really costing us. So sometimes people are like, well, you know, why, why do I want to order from you, you know, and buy this hundred dollar ukulele and pay you, I don't know, $17 or $15 to ship it. And the reason is, is because we give that free setup would be one main reason. And, and if you have a problem, you get a real person, me, <laughs> that you can email or talk to. Um, and we handle that for you. So, the, the free shipping a lot of times isn't always so free. There's definitely, you know, um, a reason why we have to have it up at least to certain prices. Yeah, and you, you, you got to cover your back. I mean, I've, I've sold a couple used ukes on Facebook and, you know, you'll make the price, you know, for a, a $150 ukulele, you'll make it $79 including shipping and people will still try to bargain you down. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, a lot of times too... <laughs> The, the price of shipping is much higher, even when we have charged before. So um, we're, again, you know, in the Atlanta area, uh, which is a great hub for shipping. But say, for instance, we ship uh, to the Northwest, it, it may cost us 50 bucks. And somebody got that for free, not to mention the cost of the box and the price of the labor to package everything up. So free shipping is a deal. <laughs> Amazon has forever twisted our mindset of what, Cost yeah. 
and it's hard to to beat that. So I don't know. I there there's something Barry Maz. I don't know if you've ever actually met Barry or talked with Barry. We we've just communicated, but I've never met him in person. I'd love I, to. I haven't yet either. I, I always tell him if I ever make it to the UK, the first pint is on me. Um, yeah. You too, not at you know not with the following that he has, but um, he has always just advocated for you know ukulele specialists. And, and I'll add local shops that are going to do it right. But there's a reason to order from, like, the wall behind you right now is proof of why you order from an ukulele specialist. Because you're probably not going to find many of those, if any of those, at Amazon. And you're certainly not going to find them at the local store. There was um, just a thread going on on the, the, the ukulele underground forums, which is still out there. Even though everybody seems to be on Facebook, that old forum keeps going in a new form. And they were talking about the Two Harbors thing that's happening. Oh, wait, I shouldn't say when that's happening. The Two Harbor thing is that happened. Is, <laughs> right? And they're asking, does anybody know if there's any, like, ukulele stores? And we do have one place that sells Kamaka, um, Magic Fluke, and Koloha in town. But that's it. And even then, their selection is, and as you know, in fact, maybe we should talk about this. Like, when you get a shipment from Kamaka, how many instruments come into that shipment? Right, right, right. So, you know, again, these are small production, high demand builders. Um, so, for instance, you know, Kamaka, when we get shipments in, it's anywhere from probably three to six months. And we get anywhere from uh, maybe six to a dozen instruments. And that's it for another three to six months. And um, I'd, I'd say the um, Connie Leia and Koloha seem to be able to produce a little faster, but all of these <clears throat> companies, not only is there demand for them within the United States, but it's all over the world. And um, you've got a lot of buyers in uh, Japan and Korea that love uh, the Hawaiian brands also. So, and, and Europe as well and Canada. So yeah, they're, they're high demand. Another quick question. What is the farthest away you've shipped in ukulele? Antarctica. So for real. We we are proud to say at Euchre Republic that we have shipped to every continent in the world. Now, the way we shipped to Antarctica is we had a customer that um, had a family member that was working on a research base. So I went through, you know, the APO. to. So we headed off to the APO. They took it down to Antarctica. But we've shipped to uh, a lot of soldiers in various parts of the world. They'll let me know or sometimes send me a picture of, you know, their instrument next to a tank or something cool. Uh, but yeah, we ship all over the place. So every, every continent, uh, we Europe, Australia, uh, getting a lot out of the Caribbean lately, which is awesome. Uh, all over the United States, um, Europe still, but Europe, I think um, the taxes for import duties are pretty high. We ship to South America too, same problems, their, their duties are, are pretty high. So, uh, but yeah, we ship everywhere. I hear Australia's high too with their taxes as well not as not as extreme as uh, say uh, some of the some, like south america or, or europe is or parts of europe have gotten pretty high but uh now the thing with australia right now i think uh, maybe by the time it's october uh, the currency rate will have bettered for the our aussie brethren and sisterland <laughs> you, you've got friends in australia too right there's yeah a yeah there's a, a friend of mine that's like well two friends of mine that are like family uh and i was actually supposed to go down for the 
Melbourne Ukulele Festival in 2020, but then, I don't know, some kind of cough sickness thing came out. It just sort of just put a damper on that. So hopefully I'll be back. <laughs> um, what is the most recent thing to have arrived in the store? Ooh, what is, what, we got some flights. Yeah, we just got a, a massive shipment of uh, flights yesterday afternoon. So that comet you see out there, it's not listed on our website uh, currently. By October, it will be. <laughs> Actually, by October, it'll probably be gone. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be there anymore. But that has a spruce top, right, and a, ma a mango back and sides. Oh, uh, actually, if I may. So this is a solid flamed uh, maple. And then the back and sides are solid uh, ma uh, mango. But it's out of tune. But it's got uh, a great, awesome sound. And the only other uh, people I've known to do that build, actually two, uh, Loprenza ukuleles and Koloha did a, uh, I believe it was a black label with the maple and mango, and it works. It's really nice. That's good. That's good to yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, uh, two easy questions. The first one um, is your social media. You do yeah. a lot between, um, I know you're on Instagram, although I don't follow that as much. I think you're a little bit on TikTok. Yeah. I see it from time to time, but what's the social media strategy? What do you have going on? And then I have one last question for you. So, okay. The strategy is to flood the market with Uke Republic. <laughs> no, I don't know. You know, um, we just, at this job, we just have a lot of fun. So sometimes the ideas will just strike us. I drive uh, Donna crazy because again, she's primarily the social media for the, the TikTok and, um, the TikTok. I sound like a. I am old. I said <laughs> the TikTok. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, TikTok and Instagram and things like that. And uh, she does her video work. But I was like, hey, I got this great idea. Let's do this and let's premiere this and uh, we'll run with it. She scrambles like, you know, was like posting stuff. So we we just, you know, we just want people to know we're we're out there. So we like to come out with the latest instrument that we've just gotten in. Sometimes. Uh, or a lot of times we're we're the first to get instruments. You were asking me earlier about, um, hey, uh, do you know something's coming out? And we do. And so we're like, all right, I want you know a dozen of these. And as soon as they come in, so fortunately they that happens a lot. But so, yeah, we'll we'll get those in. And I just want to premiere what's out there and share it with people. And a lot of times it's before it's even on our website or anything. So yeah, um, and then Facebook, you know, I just I love I love. Um, interacting with people. So on Facebook, <laughs> on Facebook Live, I get to kind of do that and have a lot of fun. I think you're talking about, especially the Friday. Yeah, and happy Friday. So if you if you haven't checked it out, anybody, and you're on Facebook, you've got to find the, the Euchre Publics page and watch, what time does that happen normally on a Friday? Ooh, well, you know, it's not exactly an exact thing. So our shop, Officially, you know, it's supposed to our showroom anyway. It's officially supposed to show close at five thirty. So while we're wrapping everything up till six thirty, seven o'clock, we try to put it in there. But sometimes we have people in later, so I can't uh, do it. But it's it's kind of, kind of the ideas. I'm sure in just about every town uh, around the country and in other lands, you know, every there would be that radio show. There would be the end of the work week, you know, and they'd blow the whistle and. Uh, you know, it's letting you know it's time to start the weekend. So we try to do that, but with ukuleles and a little bit of fun and comedy. And uh, that that's what happens. I get to interact with people. And a lot of times 
people can ask questions of things maybe they weren't thinking about before or we just got in the shipment of something it's like hey this came in it's awesome <laughs> And, and, and you do. I mean, you actually are shouting out at people as you see them. You're like, hey, Chris, how's it going? <laughs> I don't know how you see it because I've got to wear glasses. I don't know how you see that on the feed because I've never done a Facebook Live. But yeah. you're well, and you're answering questions like not yelling in a bad way, but, you know, you're shouting out to people. But then, you know, you're answering questions on the fly. You're pulling stuff off your walls. You're grabbing the tuner if you need to grab the tuner. Um, it's really a fun, fun thing. So just oh, if, thanks. I, I enjoy that a lot. And if people are wondering if you're actually that crazy, I I know you have quieter moments, <laughs> but I do think you're probably naturally an extrovert. That's my guess is a little bit. Yeah. I'm not shy. Yeah. <laughs> but you have a good time. And you and again, you treat people honestly and, and that's I mean and and you love what you're doing and you love people and it shows. So yeah. I know you're selling ukuleles, I know you're selling stuff. But there's a reason why I know that I buy stuff from you, too. I mean, that's not just because you carry it. And I'll be honest, there's one ukulele I bought. I bought, I think, three from you so far that the ukulele itself wasn't my favorite. And eventually I moved on from it. Okay. But that wasn't you. That had nothing to do. That was the ukulele itself. The actual that was one that I had to. I don't even know if you'll remember that one. I had a special order. It It was a special one that had a double neck. That's all I'll say about oh, it. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. After getting it, I just didn't love it. And that's okay. That's not every instrument is going to jive with you either. And that's, that's, yeah. that's why they need to go to the Euchre Republic. Yes. Play them in person. And, <laughs> and you do, you have a little chair set up in there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, and again, it's not a huge space, but you welcome people to play, you know, and, and just have good time. So, yeah, I mean, you were a great host of our family. Now, the last question, easy question, which is, um, actually, two things kind of merge in one, but one is how do people get a hold of you? And then there's a criticism from time to time from all the ukulele dealers. I don't care whether it's you, Mim, the ukulele site, whatever it is, you'll have people that will go on a forum and they'll complain, well, I emailed and I didn't hear back. So right. the two things, how to get a hold of you, and if they don't hear back from you, what's the next step? Because I don't think they understand the flood of communication that you're dealing with. So I'll let you answer those couple of things. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I, I appreciate everybody that makes the effort to call us or email us or whatever it is. And sometimes it can be frustrating, but it's just, um, we're a, a small shop and there's only about three people here and we do get a flood of emails every day, like a hundred, 200 emails in a day of people asking questions or inquiries and so on and so forth. So we try to answer them. And then I think a mistake I know I personally made because there are so many, I'll sometimes be in the middle of writing an email and then somebody calls and then in my brain, I thought I sent it, but I didn't. <laughs> and then also too, um, we have, I've experienced myself, I've emailed people like, why are these people contacting me? The old spam file. So sometimes because we are a, a business email, it may go to a person's spam file. We have people get frustrated with us and go, hey, I've been emailing. What's going on? They're like, well, I answered it. Or where's our tracking number? It's like, have you checked your spam file? So sometimes it goes there. But yeah, the best way to get in touch with us really is, is call, email. Uh, we are closed on Sundays and Mondays. And we do our best to follow up. But uh, if you don't get in touch with us, Contacts again, please. Uh, we'll we'll do our best to get back with you. But it's just we're just small, and it's uh, 
a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we can lose, fo- again, I think we lose focus of that because we think all these companies are so much bigger than they are. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's for the, I mean, you, I think you have a, one other person and then maybe some seasonal help from time to time, but really you're a family operation. So, yeah. you know, just like so many others, you know, and, and that's, that includes companies that are importing ukuleles or, I mean, even like, look at Koloha, that's really still a family business, even though they've got people working outside of the family. Yeah. It's still, it's still a family, but they still do lunch every day. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. Ka- Kamaka is the same way. Uh, Kanile is the same way. It's, it's family owned. They have other people working, but it's family owned. And again, we're, we're three to five people here at uh, any given time working. Um, and we we want to do things right. So sometimes, uh, you know, the setup may take a little longer or we're, we're in the middle of putting in a pickup. So we may have to call you back when the pickup's done because, you know, when you're putting in a Connie Leia, you don't want your drill to jump. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, everything you ship, you send a, a tracking uh, yeah. Too. So people are like, ah, can I trust this guy? Yeah. You, you ship everything you say you're going to ship. So we it's, do. We do. Yeah, it, but again, that's because again, of bad situations, bad customer service with Amazon, things like that. We just get used to the way that things, it's, it's kind of nice working with people, not only that have the great stuff, give you the good customer, you know, satisfaction of, of a good experience. And then you just kind of know that you're working with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Conglomerate bot or whatever it's going to be. That's true, and 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 a lot of people that have started out as customers and still are customers have just become friends because we're a we're a small operation and it's it's kind of personal. We put a personal touch into the instrument. We want you know we want our friends to be happy. So um, yeah, if you call me up, we might talk about everything from ukuleles to craft beer and uh, surfboards. I don't know. <laughs> you know over the time that I've, i visit with you over time and even visiting in person just i'm i'm always fascinated by the ukulele business in general that that's of interest to me not that i'm ever going to be running a business but that whole as a musician as a as an educator in particular yeah. as an educator wondering about that whole other side of the world of that ukulele business and i've had a chance to learn a lot through the work i've done with flight but then also talking with people like you and that's been really really good it's it's fun but it's also i i still can't imagine saying to my wife well honey let's put everything on the line and open the ukulele store <laughs> you know totally uh, I, I had friends in hawaii too i'm i'm like um you know i'm gonna start a ukulele store and like really in atlanta <laughs> like 16 years like oh that's cool man so yeah so it worked out Sorry for my bad um, Hawaiian uh, accent. So. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. And again, you, you still have to do the promise dancing at some time on a Friday too. Oh, that, definitely. That has more martial arts. I'll do. I'll do all kind of stuff. Like <laughs> well, I appreciate you spending the time with us. I know we've gone a long time. Um, thank you for answering those questions. I appreciate. I appreciate everything you do for the ukulele world. I'm glad you're in business. I'm glad I've had a chance to stop there. I'm, I'm hopefully going to get a chance to stop again soon. Yeah, you're, you're a joy to work with, and I haven't. I think I met Donna in passing as she was working, but she was she was on a mission. So, you know, so <laughs> yeah. said hi graciously, but she obviously had stuff to do, and I think your son was just quietly working in the back. Yeah, they're they're both very precision 
pre precise people. I'm just more of the performing monkey. So they're, they're the, <laughs> the organ grinder. <laughs> but no, I, I thanks so much. Thanks for everything you do in the ukulele world. And yeah, I think it's cool too. I was, I was gonna let people know, um, you know, our, our store is sort of in a crossroads. A lot of, we get a lot of people that are coming from the North, going to Florida and people from Florida heading to the mountains. Uh, they cross by because we're in Atlanta near uh, the Atlanta airport and also um, three major interstates. So it's easy to access us. Um, so yeah, if anybody ever wants to come by, of course, check out our hours, check out our calendar too, because we do festivals. We meet a lot of people at festivals uh, and, and work there too. But yeah, come well, on by. Well, we should mention that real quick. You go to the, the T-Bug Festival. Yeah, we do the Tampa Bay ukulele uh, getaway uh, there's also a Tampa Bay ukulele um, day that'll be happening in March. Uh, so we do those two Florida festivals. If they ever get it back again, we do one in um, near Panama City, Florida. We also do one in Alabama. Uh, we do one in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, we should be doing one in North Carolina coming up. And I hope to come up to your neck of the woods and do the one at uh, Silver Creek. It looks like a lot of fun. And uh, may, may bring my other new business. We've got the Uke Republic. We also have the Frog Republic that we're branching into. Sorry. <laughs> well, we usually sell these at festivals, but we've been selling these online. And uh, so you don't have to wait till you see us at a festival. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I mean, I've taken way too much of your time. I, I appreciate so much. I, I hope people enjoy this as much as I do. And again, the danger is I could show up at your store and just talk to you for an hour and you'd be like, Get out of here i got work to do you know what i no, mean no i love it <laughs> you know it's it's it would be great so yeah y'all y'all are all invited come on down to uke republic or come up or come east or west to uke republic <laughs> all right thanks again for joining us mike thanks everybody for joining the podcast i hope you enjoy it and um if you ever have any questions to ask mike feel free to uh you know contact him and reach him out and he's there to meet all your ukulele needs